Happy Sunday, y'all. Welcome to another edition of the Dooms and the Don'ts. We're starting with today, recaps Insecure, and this week we're discussing episode 9. J-Hall said it would be epic, and epic it was, so we are excited to get into this conversation. Um, so stay tuned, grab some of the drink, come back and chat with us, and we look forward to getting into this conversation with you. All right, so Jay is in the building. About to bring him. See if this. Hey. Yo. You said it would be epic. What? Epic was. But first, let's say hi. How you doing? How you doing, Jay? How's your week? Weekend, I guess. I'm I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good on this Sunday. It was a long week, but I'm I'm doing great. You look great by the way. Thank you. I just came from my uncle's 60th birthday gala. Okay. Straight from the gala to the laptop. Oh, straight from the gala. <laughs> straight from the gala. Straight. Uh there has been no downtime since I've landed in Dallas. Um yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> the laptop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, last week you had said that this week would be you felt like Game of Thrones style, you know, the the next to the last episode that's always, you know, giving you that big boom, epic energy. Yeah, and I really felt like, in a lot of ways, it delivered that. But I really felt like it did it in a very authentic way. Like, everything that needed to happen, it didn't feel unnecessary. I felt like everything that needed to happen, happened. Like, the conversations that were had needed to be had. The encounters that had happened needed to to happen. Um, so what were your, your, first, your first thoughts, Jay? My first thoughts was it was like waiting on a main course. I felt like this is the episode that everybody had kind of been wanting. Mm -hmm. um, but it wouldn't have had the impact if we didn't see everything that we saw already. Absolutely. I love the fact that the episode got straight to it. I mean, after the credits, we in the party. And so when I saw that we were in the party, I said, oh, the episode's about to be about the party. It's not going to be no small scene. It's about to be. We, we're all going to sit in this awkwardness for a minute. Yeah. You know, like all of us. And I just thought it was a wonderful display of personalities that are tested. Um, and speaking from a guy's point, I've been, I, I know men and myself included, we've been Nathan where you get in this new relationship. You finally said, all right, cool, we're going to be together. And then it just, it's one of those things, I don't know if it's how the gods work or whatever. All of a sudden your girl got this event that she wants you to go to where it's like all her friends. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's just one of those things that you're like, how does this happen every time I get in a relationship? Like, my event with my friends happened six, eight months ago. How is it that the most important thing that's happened in your life is about to happen when we just got together? It's, it's always a wedding or like a it's, going yo, away. It's like something, it's not your, like a regular party. It's your dearest friend in the whole right world. It, it's the person that you really love. It, it's your friend is moving. It's like, yo, and the relationship is so new. And now all of a sudden you find yourself in this That's defense, real. in this defense kind of spectrum anyway, right? Okay. 
Yeah. And and, and I and so on that part, I was feeling Nathan in that in that arena because you kind of like, all right, I know the ex is going to be here, and you're just yeah. kind of like, you know, what's what's the temperature about to be like? So, but I just thought overall that was a good like they got straight to the main course. Like I thought that was dope. I love that. And I can't remember what season before that we had Tiffany's party before where, you know, Issa and Lawrence were uh, put in this kind of same awkward situation. I'm, I don't know what season that was. I'm sorry. Season one, right? Wasn't it season one? Oh, no, no, no. That was like season um two after the breakup. And the breakup. It, was a, it was another Tiffany in that party. It was, it was for Derek's birthday. It was for Derek's birthday, right? And uh, Lawrence at that time brings this uh, random woman, the co-worker, woman he was dating at the time, mm -hmm. um, and you know they have this encounter. So I think we see this parallel between uh, Tiffany's clinging the bells again. So again, shout out to the writers and the writers' rooms because those details that they bring us back to say, hey, shit is about to when Tiffany rings the bell, shit is about to go down for sure. <laughs> for sure. I peeped that too. For sure. I peeped that too, yeah. When Tiffany rang the bell, yeah. When um, Tiffany rang the bell. It's kind of like what what was the uh whatever parallel that is in Game of Thrones. I'm not sure. Like the, the bell ringing, I don't know, like Tom. Yeah, Moore. yeah, I know what you mean. I mean um, it, 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 it was almost like Mortal Kombat. Like, all right, yeah. gather. I'm about to tell everybody the rules. <laughs> and this was about to and this was what was about to happen. Yeah, it was, um, you know, um, um, Pentas Penny directed it and wrote it, you know, and he's the showrunner also, too. And he had a small cameo. He was one of the um, servers. I saw that. Um, and it was dope. And the setting of it, I mean, if you think about it, even image-wise, it was set like an arena. All the men had to go in this one corner. All the women went in this one corner. Nathan and like all the men kind of know like Nathan and Lawrence are the only two who don't except for Dro who's always lost you know everybody knows you know and then when he says no nah, man me and he's about to go we, we looking for an apartment tomorrow hey oh my heart my heart boy my heart <laughs> and, and and Lawrence been the last person that Issa lived with you know what I'm saying the last man uh she lived with so definitely um, a lot of a lot of pain there, but I didn't even think about the arena. I definitely saw the the you know the the battle of the sexes kind of thing that you're talking definitely. about. Sure. Definitely, Everybody had to confront their you know I hate enemy for a word, but we'll use enemy for a word. Um, and and you know have to kind of deal with that. So let's talk about Issa's and Condola. I'm gonna say her name right. Uh, uh, Condola's uh, encounter at the in the kitchen, you know, um, I think that was the first of many kind of tests that we saw throughout this episode. I feel like this episode was an entire test. Like, have you learned lessons? Uh, where are you at in your progress and your journey? Like, I think we've seen these mini tests, maybe quizzes before, but this is like this is it. This is like yeah. game day. Are you ready? for like what's next. And I think it's a really telling like if they're not, then this is a that's a pause and reflection. Are we going back to step one? Are we going back, you know, to step two or three? Or are we ready to move forward? And um I think the way Issa was A, her friends, of course, just showing their growth. They wasn't being super messy or anything. 
Um, Kelly invites Molly to go to the next room, and you know Tiffany follows suit to give Issa and Condola some some space without that dynamic of us versus them and four girls against one girl. Yeah, it's very nuanced, but it really matters in social dynamics um, to make sure that you're creating this this safe space for the conversation to happen, even if it's a, a you know awkward conversation to happen. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I like how they did that because it's like we know what we're here for. Right. You really? know, um I thought that was smoother of the friends to do that. Um, you know, and and I think too, before I even tag that, it's good to note that the jokes were there because we needed the jokes. We yes. needed the jokes. Um the Condola and Issa interaction, it reminded me that their interaction has always been awkward. They've only had a very small window where their interaction was like at peace. But for the most part, they've been kind of, they're, they're just two people that if they would have met on any other situation, they'd have been the best of friends. Best of friends. You know what yeah. I mean? And how many times has that happened to us? Yeah. In real life. Um, yeah. And I thought that part was dope. I, I thought it was, when you talk about battle tested, I thought it was dope that Condola and, and Lawrence, relationship-wise, is still like, cool like you know Kadola saw that he saw Issa she knows how Issa is to him she didn't necessarily like she didn't get no attitude about it you know what I mean like she knew it was came back and told him whatever um I thought their conversation in the kitchen when she was talking to Issa I, I wanted a little bit more like you know what I'm saying but I, I, I guess I kind of had to appreciate because Kadola don't really owe you anything Mm, you yes. know, she 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 doesn't. There there doesn't have to be this full conversation of girls want to make sure we all right. You know, it I guess like me wanting more of a conversation is kind of like an overreach because it's like she don't really owe you anything, right? She owe you what she gave you a little she don't even really gotta tell you that they're not together right now. She literally doesn't owe Issa anything. But the little bit that they have, I guess it's a testament how um it's one of those things like what's understood don't need to always be said. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think it's kind of like yeah, we wish we could be friends, but there's no being friends after after this um, level. I think if it was just them dating and Lawrence and Issa never gotten back together, and then Condola getting pregnant and deciding to keep the baby and, mm -hmm. and all that, I think that was the breaking point for sure, where it was the point beyond any return. But I do feel like. They need to talk because their paths are probably going to cross. Condola is still in the same space. Condola inspired Issa um, in her career. And so they're going to, like, you know, Condola mission. Like, I, I know what you're doing in your career. And it, it is what that it is. What it is. So just to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to have basically a Christian issue, a Christian issue where, like, I'm hating on you or whatever. Like, let's, you know, I, I'm rooting for you. Good luck, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm over here in this past. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not. You're, you're right in that, and you know we still got one episode to go, so we don't really know how that's gonna be. But you, you're right. You, you're right when it comes to that. I think I was still. I think if they don't, I'm okay though. Yeah, you know what I mean, because a lot of times we think we need this other person to have closure, and really? you're not always you're not always gonna get that. You know what I mean? You have to find closure within yourself first because you're not always going to get that and even if you do get a chance to get in front of this person all the time you're not always going that doesn't mean they're going to give you what you need 
Um, which is a good example of Dro and Molly, you know? <laughs> before we get to that, before we get to Dro and Molly, we'll go there next. But what are your thoughts about Condola? Do you think Condola is looking to get back with Lawrence at this time? Did you feel like she has a chance or did you feel like Issa's interfering with um, Lawrence, you know, being emotionally available to her? No, I don't. Condola always struck me as her character always struck me as someone who knew exactly what she wanted. And she didn't play any emotional games. That's real. You know, like she 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 was where she was. I mean, yeah, you can make a comment about how the baby came about and what she said and we you know, we all saw the memes and the thing pieces and, and all that other stuff. But she's been pretty straightforward about her thoughts and how she feels. And if she had an attitude that you know, the season the last season before she told Lawrence when they were dating when she had a problem, what she had a problem with. That's very right? true. So I, I don't think it's a situation of I want to be with you and Issa's in the way. I think Condola meant what she said about I can take care of this baby. You can come and you want. Now, granted, we saw the episode where she might have seen that she bit off more than she can chew, right? right. But I do think the emotional part yeah. Of how she felt about Lawrence, I think yes. that's I think that's going. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't think that part is that I think it's more like, yo, I really dig, dig you as your father. I really, you know, I'm really respecting you as a man. But I think as far as being together, I, I don't see it right here. I, I I totally agree. And you're right. She has always been very forthcoming and what she needs to say, not just to Lawrence, but to Issa as well. Um, I think she, you know, there was a moment where she kind of pulled back while she was working on an event. Um, but then she came in and she really kind of said what needed to be said. So I don't think Condola is not afraid of having hard conversations. No, she's not. Even if it's awkward. So No. All right, no. so Rose's appearance shocked everybody, including Molly. That was such a good, a good moment um, visually to see the collective... <laughs> Uh, a response, um, you know, him hearing him having divorce, him showing up with someone new, um, him still reaching out to Molly. Um, but I, I really feel like Molly showed up for herself in a way we hadn't seen her show up before, uh, with a lot of agency, um, where she didn't feel like she was under Dro's spell. I think Dro has had a spell over Molly, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> she existing. Um, and, you know, we all have somebody like that who just, our reason goes out the door. Got that <laughs> Badu. Everybody got Badu before. Got one Badu uh, person in their, in their bag. One. Um, and I think Dro's that, <laughs> that person for her. And, um, just really seeing her hold her own um, in it with him was just really cool to see her pass that test. I'm going to tell you something, Charlotte. I really think that scene right there with Molly and Dro was probably the most significant scene on the entire episode. Wow. Then, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. It's it's a few things. I mean, we can go it's into so it. so good, because I, I took a lot of notes for that thing. No, no, I can, I, can, I can tell you why, right? Number one, exactly what you said. I got to give you the credit for that. Molly, the enchanted spell that he once had was gone. 
Done. And I've been on both sides of that, right? Like I've been <laughs> on the side of the receiving end where it's like, man, this girl don't even have that effect on me, right? And I've been <laughs> on the other end where I'm like, man, my spell is not working. It's not working, right? And you feel that, you know? Um, I think what was also so dope was that Molly is such at a different place in her life right now yeah. that it just doesn't matter about your divorce, the why. She didn't even care about the why. You know, it just, it just like, it honestly doesn't even matter. Like, so much has happened to her since Dro that it doesn't matter. Um, another part was Torian. Ooh. Him not caring. Not caring. And him being someone who's like, oh, yeah, well, you told me the truth, so that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, yeah, he right there. He's like, what's up? Yeah, we used to have a he had an open relationship. When she said that whole spill, he was just like, nobody was nobody was upset about that except for Dro. Right? And listen, I've always been on record to say it on the side. I was never quite sure about this open relationship that Dro said. Right. I do know that open relationship exists. I just didn't believe Dro. And the fact that there's a divorce kind of signals that it wasn't all up and up. There's something about it that don't tell me that it was. You know what I mean? Because we never really heard his wife validate that. Every time he did something, she was in the room. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. And, you know, and and also, too, because what I don't like, what I don't want is for people to be like, see, open relationships don't work. He got divorced. And I'm like, but I also want to point out, Drew is just a sneaky guy overall. You know what I'm saying? manipulative yeah um, a lot of ways and he knew the stronghold he had on molly and he used that to his he used it at, at, at her expense you know what i'm saying yeah so. it was always that it was always so i i really think that that scene right there was so significant because it go to show you that when you do the work on yourself mm-hmm. Pray the, the forces on the outside it won't even it won't even matter you understand? And you don't even have to go make it a big deal. Like, you ain't got to go tell X, Y, and Z. You ain't got to go tell this friend, none of that. Like, Molly didn't even run back and tell no one that she talked to Dro. She didn't even have no big think piece about it. Like, she didn't do any of that. She was just like, because she's so far different from which the Molly was back then. And I really oh, yeah. felt like that scene alone, if you go back and you watch it, it can it, it proves a point of how we all can be in our growth. And listen, not just so much in relationships. It can be like the job that you really, really wanted, right? And then you can be so far deep into your career path that you drive past that building. You're like, man, I used to really want to work here, you know? And I don't yeah. even have no desire for that anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it can be a lot of things that at once upon a time you thought that you could not go without. And with growth in time, and it can just show you that how, as a human being, you can move on. That's it won't so even have that effect on you no more. And that's so beautiful. I think another piece of that is what we saw, you know, we saw it in the encounter when she is really just open and forthcoming. I think the edibles helped, but I feel like Molly was just at a place where she was not going to keep parts of who she was away from Tori. And I feel like they have this base where they started as friends and have eased their way into something more where she can feel like she can bring her full self to that space where it's like, this is what it was. Well, Charlton, I got to give you credit for that. I have to give you credit for that. Give people a little insight on our, on our conversations is that when you really have someone who was your real friend, Torian was her real friend. Exactly. Not somebody that you were friendly with because you always like. He was her real friend. So yeah. the the rapport that they had of having that rawness in their conversations, she was able to just deliver that. If yeah. that would have been any other guy, maybe not, right? right. Maybe there'd have been some. But Tori is like, 
they've always had this raw, and that's the thing when you've had a real friendship with somebody, yeah. you can't forget that part. So they talk to each other like they normally talk at the office. Yep, yep. When she well, told them, just like really like a, a good friendship, and that's such a beautiful base to have, you know, to build a a, a relationship on. Um, and then I think we saw that kind of elevated by the time they get to the pantry in the closet. And she's really telling her, this is my fear. This is my ultimate fear of rejection. Or you once you get to know me, you'll be bored. And and then being able to say, no, I, I didn't like you at first. <laughs> yeah. You know, and going back to the thing, I think one of the things that I really love about Torian is Torian meets Molly's vulnerability with vulnerability, right? So when Molly told him, you know, hey, I was in the open, you know, I, I messed around with this guy while he was in an open relationship, Torian offers some more vulnerability in response to her. You know, he's like, I sold yeah. my Adderall to my seniors. Yeah. When, when Molly's in the closet and saying, hey, this is how I feel, Torian meets her with the same level of honesty and intensity and acceptance that she's offering. You know, He doesn't hit her with the, why you still front over this guy thing. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't do what Nathan did, right. which I know we're going to get to. But Torian... There were so many displays in this episode of the do's and the don'ts. Like, literally, there were so many displays of that. And I think what Torian did, now, to his credit, Torian was able to did it because his his armor or his energy or his backing was the friendship. Yeah. So yeah. he's able to have that vulnerability space with her. But you're right. He didn't get angry. He didn't say, why are you still tripping on it? And, yeah, we can leave it to the edibles, but no, he could have got mad, edible or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he didn't. I think he received and he respected that honesty. He didn't, um, Molly could have lied and maneuvered or whatever, but she told him the, the direct, blunt truth. And when you receive that, and you're someone who's able, because you have to be a truth receiver too. Right. That's everybody right. talks about this, like, tell me the truth, tell me the truth, but everybody's not a truth receiver. That's and that's I feel true. like, you know, and, and I feel like that's Torian true. was at that moment. I feel like Torian has his own growth that we have not seen on camera, but he has had his own journey, probably the same timeline with Insecure. And he comes in at a time when Molly is ready to receive him in a way that we haven't seen the, the leaps of growth with everyone else. And I think that's really beautiful because I think there's both the times where you see you know, Nathan coming to his own, Lawrence coming to his own, and that's beautiful to watch. But it's also beautiful to watch that, hey, when you do the work, that you can also meet someone that's absolutely right there with you or a little further ahead, that you don't have to watch their whole journey and go through the trenches with them to prove that, you know, um, it's love or, you know, the loyalty, et cetera, you know? So I think that's Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's a difference between somebody whose healing journey is a few steps further than yours versus someone who is heal healing and someone who just completely not. Exactly. There's a difference. I, I, I agree with you. I think Tori and his healing journey, he's just a few blocks ahead of Issa. I mean, I'm sorry, of Molly. Right. He's, a, he's, a, yeah. he's a few miles ahead of her, right? Yeah. But not so far down the lane where he can't come back and understand that I was just where you were. And yeah. I think that's important. I think that's it's extremely important. And just one more thing while we were talking about Torian before we go to Issa and Nathan. Torian with the with the um, guys group, you know, I just really loved his character in that. <laughs> yo, he was hilarious, yo. He was, he, he, was, he was the crowd's response, like, this is tense. 
Let's order some barbecue. Because he, he totally didn't know what was going on. He right. didn't know what was going on. He don't know the background stories. He didn't know the whole background story, but he knew enough about people and politics and dynamics, just probably from being a lawyer and a person, et cetera, that he knew that this place needed, it needed some diffusing, and barbecue could probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. And yeah. just, you know, I think, you know, what we've seen in a few places uh, when they're out to eat and they're him sending Molly food and him trying to order this food at a place where there's already food. There's already uh, food there. They like, hey, we can do it. There, there's already food there, bro. <laughs> but him trying to, um, you know, use it, food as food as a love language, you know what I'm saying? And food as a, a bridge. And I think it's really beautiful to see, especially from a male perspective, um, for sure. Yeah, that whole argument situation was it, it was was awkward, it was tense, but it was low key needed. I agree. So let's let's bring it to it. Let's talk about it. That was that that was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, yet relatable. Yet relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I I, I like the I like how the episode starts off with you know we're seeing Issa and Nathan in this apartment search thing. And if and it and, and almost felt I don't know how it felt like that to you. For me, it felt like they were they found a rhythm, the awkward rhythm that we were all talking about last episode. It felt like they kind of found they they rhythm. They was a little bit more fluent. They was a little bit more giddy. And you your feet is on me. And this they they finally found a rhythm. And then you step into this arena like okay, well let's test that. Yeah, I love it. You know, and I think this episode there were a lot of metaphors. You know, we definitely had the one about the barbecue, but we also had this one about apartments and new spaces and like what does this mean for us and is it gonna be any hiccups? And so, you know, we have this opening scene where they're looking at a perfect place and then the place is not there and we have this hiccup. And so how do we get to overcome that and you know, really look um for it? And I think we have the same thing happen, you know, in the party later on. So we have these these parallels of, of what does this mean um, for Issa and Nathan. And, you know, I think Nathan was unfairly attacked there. And he didn't have the same where we saw the women pull back, you know what I'm saying, and give Issa and Condola some space to talk about what they needed to talk about. That did not happen on the men's side, right? So there was not this one-on-one dynamic that probably could have a more reasonable conversation. Their ego was heightened in this group setting, you know, um, the bravado was heightened in this group setting and it leads to more of a less productive conversation where you're skirting around the subject instead of talking about the thing that really needs to be talked about. Yeah, it does. And I, and I don't know a way that it could have been because mm -hmm. even with with Issa and Condola, they still have a history. Yeah, you know what I, I mean, they had a relationship at one point. That's the first time we've seen Nathan and Lawrence in one role. That's crazy. That's you know crazy. what I'm saying? That's the first time. It's the first seen. time. So yeah. to Nathan's defense, he has he is unfortunately in that trap. A lot of us guys have been. I've been hearing nothing but negativity about this dude. That's all I've been, you know, hearing. And I think sometimes we do that as friends, right? Like, if I'm talking to you, Charlotte, I'm telling you about this ex. I'm only telling you the negative yeah. about this person because I'm venting, right? right. It's why y'all should go to therapy. But right. I'm only telling you about, you know, the negative. So I don't know any good about this individual. Mm. You know what I mean? And so here he come with the audacity to stand in front of me 
and now you're trying to say these words and I'm already whatever. And in Lawrence side, Lawrence had his friend who threw that, that bomb in his ear. And we all got that friend to tell you something that you were trying to ignore. You know, he said you didn't fight for it. And now yeah. you're sitting there like, wow. And I don't know if you can make an argument that Lawrence should have sat with that a little bit longer and, you know, really deal with that. And he was on his impulses was running next to him. Right, or right. that truth really hit him so hard that he really could not operate. You know what I mean? He just saw Nathan as like a target. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I just feel like uh, they put Nathan in a, pure, in a uh, pressure cooker for sure. And uh, just at that scene, I think Nathan in his growth and his self-awareness, like, okay, I need to take a breather. Let me go outside, take care of this friend. Let me, you know, give me a minute. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was kind of talking to Easton, kind of trying to create some space for him to kind of really process his thoughts. Um, and I, I don't know, like, it should, how much preparation should Issa maybe have provided for him or context or cushioning, you know, um, to let him know that, you know, this possibility he could be here. Um, and you know, I don't yeah, know. I do agree with you on that. I do think that Issa should have been able to let him. Like, I mean, I understand Issa. that's my pre homecoming speech every time. Yeah, yo, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is like the thing that people, but people need to do more is like say, Hey, listen, my ex is going to be here. We're about to step in an environment where somebody used to mess with is about to be here. Hey, are you comfortable with that? Okay. Are you going to have a limit? Give me a sign. Like, let's right. work this out. You know, because there's, right. there's nothing more official than when a couple has something worked out and you can't infiltrate it. That's real. And I yeah. think it was blindsided with that. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think it was fair for him to be set up and in, in, in put in that position, first of all, where he, that dynamic, and he didn't have anybody there on his side to kind of really leverage it. I think for in one part, uh-huh. Issa's sister, Issa's sister, Issa's brother. Her brother. <laughs> was trying to um, bring some levity to it, but it ended up being, you know, uh, more messy. Yo, yo, her brother ended up setting the bomb off because Set he said, he said that's what brought up the whole apartment situation. And, and Nathan wasn't even, like, trying to brag. No. That was really him just giving an honest answer, not even considering what was in the room, which he's not supposed to. But right. at the same time, you know what I mean? That That's like, that's what happened. I mean, what do you think about, do you think that, okay, he was unprepared. So with that being said, are you leaning towards the fact that it was Lawrence's fault, that Lawrence was at fault? Are you leaning more towards that? Yeah, so Lawrence was definitely at fault. Like, um, even if he felt that way, there's a time and place, you know what I'm saying? And for him to use this public setting to make this declaration of love that he's had um, 10 years to make, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you, though, Charlotte, I don't think it was Lawrence's fault. It was Issa's fault. Why was it Issa's fault? Because that's another thing that we talked about before about these consequences, yo. Issa mm -hmm. called him. She did you know what I'm saying? And she didn't work that out before. And she, she got didn't it. work that out. Right. Said, that's another thing about these consequences. Like you mm -hmm. called him. You understand that's what I'm fair. saying? Like you called him, and everything that you just said about this ain't the right time. You make this proclamation at that time. You called him, not knowing what was going on with him, that's right? Real. And then you didn't answer when he called back. Y'all probably could have had a conversation. Y'all could have worked all this out, and then not here he is. Ew, and so now right. what we're seeing. As once again, 
is Issa is doing these things, right? And she's in the moment and then not thinking about it. And then it comes back to her. We saw that first season when she had Lawrence and the guy that she cheated on Lawrence with happened to be in the same party. You know what I mean? Like where, you know, she does these actions and then she's like, oh, snap, I'm in this awkward position, but not thinking about how it got to this place and, and how it got here in the first place. So, I mean, I, I'm was, sorry. I feel right, that. So, Lawrence, Lawrence approached when he met Daniel outside that party, right, versus Lawrence approach to when he sees Nathan is completely more aggressive than he normally probably would have played it had he not had that bug in his ear from I think it was Chad you know um the, the bug so, in his ear and we got to think about the Lawrence of what who he was in that moment versus where Lawrence is now mm, you know what I mean okay. Lawrence we're looking yeah. at a more confident Lawrence we're looking at a Lawrence that has you know now he's not on the couch no more he's cleanly shaven he's even in his groove as a father so there's a certain amount of kind of protectionist that he might also have too so we're not seeing the same Lawrence that was damn near broken waiting on, you know, waiting on that car to come up when he was talking to Daniel. That's not the same Lawrence. That's real. That's real. That's real. Okay, so let's talk about Nathan's role in this. Um, because he does have a role, you know, even if I felt like he was unfairly put in that position. Um, when he does have a control over his responses, how do you respond to you know, situations. What do you feel? I mean, he goes to the car to give me his friend at the car. He understands that his limits are being tested right now. It's not a great situation. I honestly thought he was going to leave when he went to the car. <laughs> like, just not come back? Just not come back. Be like, hey, I'll hit you up later. I so can, later. can I offer? Can I offer something? <laughs> So let me offer this to you and anybody else who may be listening. And if you, you know, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If you are ever in a situation like this and your significant other shows up and says, what's this? You need to physically move by their side. You don't keep standing next to the individual that you are talking to. Like that setting alone showed me. And, I, I, and I'm not going to ever believe that that's by accident. You know, because we always talk about, and you and I talk about later, about how Insecure be throwing these little things in there, the yeah. visual of it. When Nathan says, what's this? Issa doesn't move. She stands I, right in front of Lawrence. And she I says, he we was just, she, 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 that's what I'm saying, physically. Like, she verbally talks, but my, she's like, she's like, oh, well, we're just, listen, if I show up and my lady is talking to her ex and I say a simple, what's this? I need you to physically start walking over towards me and explain it to me. I know my hearing is good, but I need right. you to treat me like I'm deaf. I need That's you to walk real. a little bit closer. I don't need you to keep standing next to that man that was once upon a time you had something going on with. And it's the same thing with my lady. If my lady asks me, what's this? And I'm standing next to an ex, I'm going to physically walk over there. Cause, and listen, I might still be in trouble. That ain't the point. <laughs> but I'm not going to keep standing Next to my ex. I'm sorry. That's real. Um, I, I, I agree that there probably needs to be both some verbal and physical affirmation at that point. You know what I'm saying? Immediate physical and verbal affirmation. Um, okay, so that's that part. Um, 
And so then when Nathan, you know, is asking the questions and Lawrence continues to, you know, fight for Issa, you know, is that the place to fight for her? Is that the place to have that conversation? Uh, is Nathan's response warranted? Uh, did he ruin the party? I don't know. I don't think it's Nathan's fault, honestly. I, no, I don't. No, no, no. I would never say it was Nathan's fault. You know what I mean? I think at that moment, they both were right and they both was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even trying to be politically correct because there were little things. Because I kind of rewind a little bit. Like, Lawrence was like, hey, man, she just talking. He, he wasn't saying anything mm -hmm. verbally offensive he was like you're having a conversation yeah he's hey man we just have and so he became protective of Issa in that moment because of how nathan was raising his voice right and then nathan is sitting there to your point he's standing alone mm. and he's already been tested to the limits and that's why i'm stressing the point that Issa should have walked at least walked away from lawrence i'm talking to you you're still standing next to this guy yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it's the visual of it doesn't sit well with me and I'm already at my limit. Yeah. And then there's this whole kind of situation where she's like, just calm down. He's like, I am chill. Right. Because, yeah, I told you about my mental challenges and things of that nature, but I'm not a child, you know what right. I'm saying? And I can feel right. that. And, and shout out to the actor for being able to display that. Yeah. I'm not having an episode. Right. I'm being this your man. <laughs> okay. This is a real life. This so real don't life. give me the there, there, there. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, there's right. a difference between you saying, "Baby, don't whoop his ass," versus, "No, no, are you okay?" No, no, that ain't that ain't that. You know that's what I'm saying? Right. And I think that's the struggle that a lot of people have when it comes to confessing or um, being vulnerable about their mental challenges because they don't want to be treated any way differently. Absolutely. And I and I felt that fury in his voice when he um said that. Yeah, and I think I think Fury is the right word because you're not only seeing this issue with Lawrence, but you're seeing the woman that you love and you're playing in the future with, you know, confront this this ghost that's been in their relationship from for forever. You know what I'm saying? And so there's this this fight or flight that's that's really natural and really human. And I think anything less than like a real reaction would have been um would have been really inauthentic, you know. Um as someone from Texas. Talk about it. Talk about <laughs> it. Talk about it. When I'm upset, you know. And you know the first time I say it, the second time I say it, but by the third time, you gonna feel it. Um, so I really feel like as a Texan, like that is our response uh, to a lot. And again, it has nothing to do with him being bipolar. It's a really like this is a reaction to the events. And that that's how I took it. Right here in front yeah. of Yeah. I didn't take it as, oh, he's having an episode. But I did feel his fury of feeling like he's being treated like it's an episode. Yeah. You know, I did feel his fury on that. And I think with Lawrence, I think Lawrence had more than just his friend who gave him that. Even Condola said, and shout out to Red, Condola said, yeah, you, you're not going to see these people again for a while. So I think Lawrence kind of was taking inspiration from a lot of things, but that's the thing that we do. When yeah. we are yearning for something, we will take a message and interpret it in our own way because even his friend might, we might go to the episode next and his friend might be like, that ain't what I meant, right? But that happens in life where people say things. How many times have you and I have a conversation? I'm like, Charlotte, that's not what I meant. Yeah. But 
And it's months later, you like, well, I didn't already did it now. I didn't already <laughs> felt that way now. Because that's what we do when we feel like we're yearning for something and someone mm -hmm. gives us that. Yo, we we run with it. And so Lawrence was getting messages throughout the entire scene of him being in that place. Like, I have to do this now. There's no other place for me to do this. I have to do this now. I can't wait. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that kind of stand, I got two points. One of the things that stands out against this thing we have said and you just mentioned about the consequences of your actions. And we see time and time again, Issa, whenever she does not deal with something head on, it does come back to bite her. She should have handled that, that impulsive call that she had um, and nipped it in the butt. Even if she nipped it in the butt when they first came in Say, hey, um, Nathan, I really need to talk to Lawrence for like five minutes to clear some air. I really want us all to have a good, great time and there'll be no energy, you know, no be. And say, hey, we need to deal with this. But if, if she didn't do it before the party, then she definitely should have did it before, you know, the emotions heightened. Literally. Yeah, I don't think we have much evidence. Edibles. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Charlotte, I mean, I, I don't think we have much evidence of, of Issa doing that. You know, when you think about when her and Lawrence had met up before, Lawrence called her. Yeah. When you think about when her and Molly finally squashed the beef, I, I think Molly was the one that made the call. And and even if that is, we don't have a lot of scenes of Issa being the person to be like, to deal with her issues. We see a lot of her, we have a lot more evidence of her doing stuff, not thinking about it, and then it gets confronted, and then boom, it's an explosion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. The second thing we talk about, you brought up about Nathan's mental health and um, I think one of the underlying things that did not get that people may have missed or, or may have noticed um, was Tiffany's mental health right and Woo. I really saw her still struggling um, throughout this move and I think part of the, the hesitation around the move is she's losing her support system when she's still very actively working through her postpartum depression. And we see that struggle. It's very nuanced. Shout out to Amanda Seals and her acting because it's, it's so it is, subtle, but it's so very present that if you, you know, you can't ignore that this is not just about losing her friends, but losing the support system in case she has another breakdown and she needs that support and so when we think about mental health a lot of time we think about it's just that person's issue and i think one of the things we really hop on about starting with today is like we have to heal in community and so for tiffany to be moving away to a place where she doesn't know she's already looking at like carts and like all the you know things she can try to do to stay busy and kind of find herself and identify herself she is is also a siren it's like y'all <laughs> i need your support and that's not being i don't think addressed with the same urgency that it needs to be addressed um uh in the episode i think that's what happens too what doesn't get addressed enough is that tiffany from the beginning has always been this very big traditionalist mm, and what yep. we're seeing is that there's a consequence to being that just like we can make the argument there's a consequence to being a non-traditionalist with Drew and Molly and everything right. like that. Right. And I don't think, unfortunately, I think Insecure doesn't, and, I, and it can be on purpose, but I don't think that they're going, to your point, that scene with Amanda Seals and her husband throughout the entire series is not going to get enough shine as much as it probably should. 
because here she is, postpartum. Yo, she was just in the hotel. And then you go got this job and you got to go out to Denver. But that's who Tiffany has always been on this life. Whatever my man says goes, right? Yeah, but there's yeah. a consequence to that. Yeah. There's a consequence to that. And what we're seeing is the small unraveling of her armor, the chinks of her yeah. armor, just like she tried to. And the thing is, too, is once the glass is broken, and we saw that when she had her breakdown, that's it's right. hard to piece that glass back together and try to go back to being like the Tiffany you once were. Absolutely. And I think that's a real thing. And I don't think that gets explored or has a conversation of without people getting offended because I'm not going to say like, this is what you asked for, therefore you deserve it. But what I'm going to say is like, when you live a certain life and you commit to it without any type of flexibility, it's going to be a consequence. Yeah. I think the only uh, uh, caveat to that is that, you know, she began to make a couple things that's really good for depression and anybody like uh, going through, you know, um, seasonal depression or um, it's really to have something to look forward to, right? So she begins to kind of plan out um, I'm coming back for Molly's birthday and then the friends are saying, hey, we're going to find a way to connect for each other's birthday so at least they have some, you know we, they, we know they're getting together four times a year to celebrate and for Tiffany, that's really good for her to say, I know we're seeing each other, I know we're going to see each other and it's going to be in a celebratory. That's why uh, she was looking up all those useless facts. Because she needed something. Needed something. Yeah. Needed, um, and so, um, you know, we wish <laughs> her character the best in that. that she's going to have to navigate that, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, and I don't think men sometimes, even if you're traditional or non-traditional, we're not taught or condition or have conversation enough about considering what we're putting the woman through who is down with us like that, right? Like, <laughs> like we don't we don't think about that. We think about like, okay, cool, I'm the head of the household. I'm gonna make this decision. Oh, I got this new job. Oh, we're just gonna leave. Da, da, da. We don't yeah. think about the weight that it puts on our family like that. Like we don't we don't consider it. We just make these decisions because we feel like it's best for the family, because that's what men do, and then we move on. We don't consider the emotional struggle and death, the support system that you just had a conversation about. These were the same women that helped you find your woman. And you're about to her away from um, them. Right. You can make an argument for the other side. I'm just I'm just saying, us as men, we don't pay a lot of attention to those kind of decisions. Yeah, because I really I think that even Derek should have been very much of a part. Like, hey, we're going to see each other every three months. The schedule sometime, you know, like he needed to be, I didn't really see that. Maybe they mentioned in the previous episode, like him being involved, thanking them for their support and their friendship and kind of making sure that there's a continuum for Tiffany as she makes this transition that she clearly does not want to make. Yeah, you need that. And you yeah. need to be attached. And I think a lot of couples can learn from that. You need to know about who your partner's like support system is. Yeah, absolutely. and you need and you need to invest in that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh -oh. You need to invest in that. And not just when there's a crisis either. So there's that. I agree. All right. Um, any final thoughts? How How do you feel? Um. So I do feel like the episode was big, like the way I said it. But I, I hope it's not. I hope that it's not going to overshadow like the the finale. I, I don't want it to be like Game of Thrones. I don't want, you know, the last episode to be because it's the end of an era. I mean, this 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 journey, even with you and have this conversation about insecure, 
and think of seeing parts of our lives in this, right? And then to see the, to see the sneak peek for next week when it was like, it was the end of the era. I was like, man, where was my mind at when this show first started? Yeah. And I have grown with this show, with That's these characters, hence why I've been so attached to this story and everything like that. Because it hasn't been um, a story per season. It's been one story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. still talking about this one story from the couch of season one. So um, I think this episode um, about. was done. Yeah, from the couch. I think, I think this episode was done really good. Um, I'm not ready for it to end, but I understand. Um, as a creative, I understand Issa best to end it because people are going to criticize and overthink this show to death. She's right about ending it as much as we, I hate to, uh, I hate to see her go, but I know for the sake of the art, she has to end it. She has to pull the plug. Absolutely. She has to pull the plug. I think it's a perfect time to end. Um, I think the only stylist that I have is the, knowing that, you know, Issa is creating her and she's still going to give us, continue to give us great content and stories um, that will continue to to show us a mirror back into ourselves. And I think yeah. Really cool. You, you um, know what surprise, Charlotte, that I'm really happy to see, though, that if nothing else fails, I am genuinely happy to see Condola and Lawrence getting along, and I want that to continue. Same. I think I'll be me, honest with you. I'm fine with that if nothing yes. else goes the way we think. <laughs> Absolutely. Them co-parenting and seeing them go through the valley first and then kind of get on the other side of that, I think, is, you know, again, we talked about how, how important it is to see that visual. I think for me, seeing Molly happy, and I don't think she's happy because of Tori. I think Tori is the addition to her own work. Ooh, repeat are, that. Repeat that. Repeat that real quick. I'm glad to see Molly's happy. And I don't think that Molly is happy because of Torian. I think Torian is in addition to the work that she has already done for herself. And he gets to experience her uh, heal, healing and whole um, and happy. And I think that's really beautiful to see that evolution. Um, I think she has one of the most major character arcs that we've seen in yeah. the story. Um, so it's just beautiful to see her in her own skin, just very comfortable um, and, and finding her own her own story and peace and, and navigating her own lane without the weight of every sly remark or misinterpretation taking her, you know, down. Her, her character seems fitting to her, her hairstyle. Yeah, she let it go. Yeah, it seems free. She seems free and more elusive and moving and all of that. So, Absolutely. nah, that's that's cool. That's 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 cool, man. I, I gotta say, I, the, the episode with um, "Are you okay?" You know, and I think that's kind of a question to Issa, but I think it's a question to like, you know, <laughs> are we okay? I don't know. <laughs> but it really felt like you know her, a you know, interviewing, being ready to like jump in come to you know because she's really hot <laughs> so come to be present and then you know check in with Issa like what's what's happening uh just to see that friendship in a way where we hadn't seen um without the uh like her degrading Issa in the moment as well like this is your fault what's happening yeah, yeah. you know it's like yeah. Yeah, it has. I mean, to to everyone's credit, it hasn't been a lot of take. It hasn't been no takedowns. Yeah. So I'm glad that every character has healed to that point where they don't see the need to take down. Even Tiffany. Tiffany hasn't been throwing no darts or none of that. She's been supportive, and it's and it's 
it's good to see that because friendships need to evolve yes. and people need to pay attention to that. You know, we talk about so much about paying attention to our romantic interests and everything, but we don't talk about shaping and, and, and you know, evolving our friendships and how healthy that is and how much is needed. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm not ready. I'm going to have napkins. <laughs> I'm going to be put to the test. I'm trying to remember what Issa said when she said that these characters aren't ending. You know, their lives are going to go on. Mm. So when she said that in the interview with The Breakfast Club, I'm under, I'm up understanding that the series is not going to end like the way normal series end, where it's like they're going to give us this cap. I think we all have to understand that these characters are going to keep going. Mm. Um, you know, we have to be prepared for that. It's just that, man, my Sundays. I know, I know. And spending the time with you has been an absolute uh, joy for sure. Yeah, because this is the first show Charlotte, I don't know about you, that I feel that has been going on, that I feel like it's been my life in real time. Like, I was a kid watching Different World. I was a kid watching Living Single. You know, all these other shows. And I grew into their storylines, right? Yeah, but absolutely. Insecure is the first time in my life where what was happening was happening to me, like, in real time. Absolutely. So now I understand what my big brothers and sisters were going through in the 90s and the early 2000s and stuff like that. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that it totally justifies our connection to this character. I think also Issa being a creator and being our age too, you know, um, and, you know, apprentice and, and, and being in our, our peer groups, I think it's really important too, because it's not coming from like a older uh, two generation. It's coming from us having our own autonomy and agency over our stories in a way that comes across really, really authentic um, and screen, so. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm going to need a hug. <laughs> I feel it already. I'm going to need a hug. So, yeah, that's, that's my take. Indeed. I, I totally agree. All right, well, it has been another beautiful Sunday discussing with you. Um, I am going to wash my face, get out the stress, uh, and <laughs> out in the night. Um, I hope that everyone had a great weekend and y'all all have a great week as we lead into the Christmas holiday. Um, and we'll see you on the other side of that. Y'all have fun, safe, enjoy, love as that is the most important gift that you can give someone in time and energy, um, with people that you love. Um, you can follow starting with today at starting with today on all social media, except for Twitter. We're starting W today. You can follow Follow Jay Hall at Jay Hall Society across all social media platforms. You can follow me, Charlene, at true underscore Charlene across all social media. I think that's it. That's it. Be ready. Bye. Bye.